Campbell host here on ESPN Central Texas. It is Thursday, and we do have the Schmaltz's trivia question of the day coming up uh, later in the program. We'll have that. You can win two free sandwiches to one of America's great sandwich uh, shops. The Schmaltz has the three cheeses, three different meats, all the fixings. Love the artisanal bread. But now it's time to talk uh, to a man who uh, loves a good deli and uh, man, I, I would imagine has had a good pastrami sandwich at some point in his lifetime, Kevin Longquist. And Kevin, I mean, you really deserved a break today. You deserved a day off from the Mosley Show. But I'm sorry, we had breaking news and and part of this is your fault because you were kind of <laughs> in the middle of all this breaking news. But another Baylor Bear, another youngster, has chosen the Bears. And I don't know what's going on, but it just it really seems like whatever they're doing is resonating with some of these big athletic tight ends. Tell yeah. us, tell us who um, committed today and what you know about this young man. Well, Matthew Klopfenstein, who's basically a uh, 6'6", 230-pound tight end out of Phoenix, uh, gave his commitment to uh, Baylor this afternoon. Uh, he visited Baylor and wa- went to watch their spring practice on March 24th. He'd really developed a pretty strong relationship with Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, who, of course, also works with the tight ends exclusively. And there was a pretty good relationship that had gotten started. Baylor offered him probably back in, I want to say it was around mid to late January. And it just seemed like things clicked. And he, he's a kid that picked up about 20, 22, 24 offers, something like that. And it just seemed to have a pretty good uh, vibe, especially when he got on campus a couple of weeks ago. That just Things just really clicked. He's a great pass catcher. I kind of identify him a little bit similar to like what Ben Sims brings, uh, you know, Tall, sure-handedness. Uh, Kloppenstein had about 47 catches, 575 yards, 10 scores. So he was used pretty well in his offense at Horizon High School over there in Phoenix. And I could see him doing something similar down the line for Baylor once he gets on campus. The other good thing about him is that he's going to be a January enrollee in 2023. So he'll get on campus early and uh, have the opportunity to go through spring ball uh, next uh, March 2023, whenever they do it. All right. We're, we're calling him Klopp. I don't know if we, we've gotten permission from him, but people are calling him Klopp. Matthew Kloppenstein. And I, I, four-star tight end. He lists himself as 6'5", 230. Also says follower of Christ. I think that's going to be a good fit right there in the uh, the land of the bear, the land of the Baptist. You know what I'm hoping is that they can start getting tight ends as Sims fits this. And Sims is pretty athletic. But I those big monsters that have lined up at uh, tight end for Iowa State, one of those guys is in this upcoming draft, Charlie Kohler, who's slated wow. to go in about the fourth round. The, the, those are awesome players. You know what I'm yeah, talking about, number Charlie 11. Kohler, by the, oh. I love Charlie Kohler, by the way. Yeah, he's a great player. Uh, it yeah. just been tremendous. And they, they always seem to have two, though. 
it's not mm-hmm. just the one. There's number eleven, and then whatever the number, the other number was, um, the, number eighty-eight, I think it was. Tremendous right. tight ends. I, I I would love for Baylor to load up and just get better and better in that era in that area. But you know, even right now, I think they're starting to lay the foundation because Sims has become a threat. And then you know, I think you have to say Mosley called the Drake Dabney thing pretty early. I think you were a little iffy on the young Dabney, and I I kind of lo- I kind of love the Dabney kid even during that pandemic shortened season. I liked right. what Dabney was bringing to the table, especially against the Frogs. Do you feel like Baylor's kind of setting that tight end foundation so some of these guys like Klopp can come in and do some major things? Yeah, I do. And to your point about Dabney real quick, remember he had that uh, he caught a touchdown pass in Norman in that uh, pandemic season there, too, just for an example. I think he also caught one against Iowa State as well. And so he was – and I think he, and he had about 10 catches, but – and then remember, with this 2022 class that has either gotten, uh, that has either arrived or is arriving, they signed two. And one of them is already on campus in Kelsey Johnson, the kid out of Red Oak. And then, of course, with uh, Klopp uh, committing today, they already have Hawkins Polly, a kid out of Houston Stratford, who committed back in December. That's two. They can probably take a third. So you can just kind of see, Matt, where they are wanting to put themselves in a position where it's a very tight and friendly offense whether it's going to be from a blocking standpoint off the edge, chip a guy or be a receiving threat because Ben Sims really, even the, in the 2020 season, we caught a glimpse of that with how Ben was starting to become a threat in the passing game and actually turned out to be Charlie Brewer's best target that year. But I think it's a case too, where uh, I don't want to say that uh, Jeff Grimes is reinventing the tight end position, but it's almost kind of like he's bringing it back to be a Vogue thing because you and I both know that under, over the previous five, seven years, maybe even longer than that, tight ends were so de-emphasized that they were that Baylor was a place where tight ends went to die, or moved to offensive tackle. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Art Bryles brought in plenty of tight ends. They just were never factors in what Baylor wanted to do offensively, at least from a throwing game standpoint. Yeah, I think that's right. I for some reason I'm thinking about that kid who in the early days of rule made the move to tackle, I think, and his name was like Feuerbacher or something like that. Yeah, Jordan Feuerbacher, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like these uh, names though. I, I feel like the longer the name, like a Klopfenstein or Klopfenstein, I, I think uh I think you've got the makings of something there, and, uh, and I'm, I'm excited about it. All right, Kevin Longquist joining us today. Kevin is about to cry uncle. I've been using him quite a bit this week, but, Kevin, <laughs> I, the checks will keep arriving. We'll double the money, and, uh, okay. and we'll, uh, we'll make these things happen. What about the young man from LSU who's going to come in? I'm hearing he's going to step right in at weak side linebacker. This is the, uh, this is the player uh, from the transfer portal that uh, Dave Aranda obviously was very familiar with from a recruitment standpoint a few years ago. And now I think he has four years left of eligibility. Um, walk us through this. Is this a guy that's going to line up right next to Doyle and, uh, and Matt and, and just and, and step right into a starting role? Yeah, I think you can expect that from Josh White. Uh, and Josh was on campus for the spring uh, scrimmage 
this past Saturday at McLean Stadium. And remember, right as soon as he announced that he was going into the portal, Baylor offered him instantly. And one thing that people who, who aren't familiar with the portal is that when you're going into the portal, good enough, you know, there's a pretty good chance that you already know what your destination is going to be because of back channel discussions, that sort of thing. And that's kind of what happened here with White. I mean, he picked up offers from USC and Texas and Nebraska and Colorado along the way, but, you know, it, it was already pretty much signed up that, that Josh was going to come. He's taking his official visit because you can still do that. He's doing that in May. Uh, he should be on campus then in June. And I do think that there are the expectations for him to step in where Terrell Bernard left, be that aggressive presence on the, on the perimeter. I think that really changes it there too, because you don't have to move anybody around. Not to say that Dylan Doyle was ever going to move from the middle or Matt Jones was going to move from the strong side or anything like that. But I think you bring more clarity to that weak side spot because you really need a pressure guy off that edge as well as someone who has the speed to get to the edge, excuse me, as well, to take away plays on the perimeter and that, that sort of thing. And that's what Terrell did. And I think, and, and of course, what, what Baylor's going to miss from Terrell is, of course, his leadership. And so that's maybe something where that role is now taken over by Dylan Doyle, but this is a big pickup for them. And as we've seen in the past few years with Dave Arenda, that Baylor is very judicious when it comes to the transfer portal. Yeah, they are. It's not like wholesale. Uh, let's just grab a bunch of people, but uh, Jackson player uh, coming in from uh, Midway, he's going to be a good one. And uh, just like you were talking about, Josh is going to come in here, do a nice job at linebacker. Talking to Kevin Lonquist from Rivals. Kevin, did you see – I want to switch to basketball for a second. I There was a note the other day, and it wasn't – it was just kind of buried a little bit, but I really kind of got excited. That West Virginia kid who's transferring out – I'm talking about Jalen Bridges – Big six seven swing man uh, can can hit the three. Didn't have a great season this year. May have been banged up a little bit. I, I looks to me like a long lean NBA type wing man. Um, he's he's going to be visiting Waco. Um, any any thoughts on what you think the Bears may be looking to do? From a transfer standpoint, Flo Thamba returning. Hopefully, EJ will be back. We're expecting Cryer to be fine. Uh, if Adam Flagler comes back, that'll be a great thing. Uh, I, I think he will, but you know, I don't. I don't think we can take it for granted. But uh, from a transfer portal, are you familiar with this Jalen Bridges? And and what do you think he might be able to bring? Well, I, I am familiar with them and just watching the two games against Baylor. I mean, obviously, usually if you bring somebody in for a visit, there's a pretty good chance you're going to land him. And, of course, Baylor has seen him over his career. Nobody brings in. You know, the, the Bears were okay from three-point range last year, Matt. They weren't great like they were in the 21 championship season. But I think it's a case, too, where you get some length, too, uh, as a wing. And if he can, and if he can kind of have a, a better season – than what he had last year at West Virginia. I think that only helps. And, of course, remember, it's a one-time transfer portal, so he would be immediately eligible if he goes to the Bears or wherever he winds up going. Yeah, I find some of that fascinating because I'm told the SEC has some rules in place where you can't you know, immediately play with another SEC team 
whereas uh, in the Big 12, it looks like you can you go right over. You know, you saw for Kansas that Coleman Lands guy came over from Iowa State. Uh, other players. I mean, I this this portal thing, especially with uh, with uh, the the way uh, college basketball has gone and what Tech did last year, really fascinates me. And I I don't think Baylor needs a ton of help in the portal, but boy, a player, a swingman like that could be uh, very exciting. Now, I was uh, wanting to get your take also, the Mac Rhodes 10-year extension. I think that happened the other day after we got off the air with each other. That's a, uh, uh, that's a remarkable deal, and um, that, that's, a, that's a long time. And I got the sense that Baylor felt like they needed to do it because I, mean, I thought they'd just done an extension with he and uh, – uh, you know, President Livingstone in the past couple of years, but somebody must have been targeting him or or thinking about reaching out to him. I, for whatever reason, the regents, the president, everybody felt like they needed to get this done. Do you agree that that might have been the case? I think so. I mean, look, Max was pretty front and center in terms of the Big 12, when it lost Texas and Oklahoma to move as aggressively as it did to bring in BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, as well as uh, Central Florida. And remember when uh, Bowlesby had that press conference, um, when was it? Was it? I guess it was the, uh, I don't know if it was the Texas Southern game or which or what game it was in September, but it was Bowlesby and Mac Rose that were, that were talking there. About this, and I think that's pretty important from the standpoint of how Max stock has risen in terms of the hierarchy of leadership within the conference, not within the conference offices. But I think you could you could have seen him as a potential candidate to succeed, Bob, because what what, what was Bob's role? Well, Bob was all, Bob was a um, uh, you know he he was an athletic director at Stanford when he took the job as the commissioner of the Big Twelve ten years ago. So I think it all kind of made sense to potentially look at Mac as one of those guys. And, but I think one of the guys to look at probably as a potential successor would be Oliver Luck, who was hired as a consultant last summer uh, for the conference. And of course, Oliver knows the league very well since he's the former athletic director at West Virginia. Well, I, I don't, you know, after watching what Bob did with this job, and and I don't want to be too negative, but uh, first of all, I the, these people that have put out uh, Dr. Livingstone's name, President Livingstone, and and even Mac, I, I just cannot imagine if Boschini's name's been thrown out there. This may be TCU people. Uh, I, I I I can't imagine like why you would want to go do that. Like why? I mean, I, I I'm sure the money's great, but to me, being the president of a university and leading a university is 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 probably more prestigious and better than taking over as a uh, as you know as the a Big Twelve commissioner. Why in the world would President Livingstone, this incredibly smart woman who has taught in the business school. I, I, I just cannot imagine why she would want to go over there and be the Big 12 commissioner. Do you? Does that sound weird? I mean, would that be weird to you, or could you see a reason she might be interested? Um, you know, I think anything's possible. I, I don't see her doing that. Uh, it's, it's a case where um, 
when you're successful and when you've been on a really good run here lately, administratively speaking and from an athletic standpoint, you're just going to draw attention, all like what we've seen with Dave Aranda's coaching staff, where guys have been linked to other positions and that sort of thing, and maybe they've left, maybe they haven't. You know, I think you had Ron Roberts and Jeff Grimes' names connected to coaching jobs at like Troy State and Louis- University of Louisiana Lafayette, that sort of thing. And at a higher level, again, talking about with Mac Rhodes, potentially being a candidate for the Big 12 commissioner's position, or maybe Dr. Livingston, that just kind of comes with the territory. I don't think that's going to happen unless it's an offer that she couldn't refuse. It would be unprecedented, of course, to have that happen. Not saying that, you know, just have a, a woman as your commissioner, but she's pretty, but she's pretty loyal to her school and she's done great things to really help this university kind of put the scandal behind it and, and really move in, a, in an upward direction. All right, Kevin, I really appreciate it. Um, I will let you know there has been some changes in the leaderboard at the Masters, so you might want to check in because Sun, Sung J.M. is making his move, and uh, and I'll be uh, giving updates on the other side. Kevin, thank you for doing that. Appreciate all that. When uh, I saw that tight end news uh, coming down the pike today, I thought we have got to book Kevin. Appreciate you doing this. Always a pleasure, Matt. Thank you. Kevin Longquist of Rivals. In fact, I enjoy following him at Sikkim Sports.